Blog Talk Radio. Hello and thanks everyone for coming to Mingle Zone Network's MZM promotion show today. Uh, we are on a business talk format today, so we'll be talking with Mr. Warren Whitlock, who is the author of Twitter Revolution, very shortly. Um, before we have our guests arrive and speak with us on his book and his uh, education on using Twitter for your business purposes. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, what MZ and Promotions means as a business. MZ and Promotions advertises and promotes small businesses and organizations as well as music artists in order to help them to expand their exposure to uh, the Internet uh, community as well as outside of the Internet community because we are reached in various formats and we are um, sort of like a, you know, word of mouth company. People do mention us and talk about having people come and, uh, you know, be advertised on our show. Uh, we will be going into our commercial format for programming on the station WNWR AM radio. Uh, that's number 1540 on your radio. Um, we will start that on March the 14th, in which we will be promoting uh, independent music artists, small businesses and organizations, and as well activities in the community. Our station will also be streamed online at our website, www.mznindradio.ning.com. And you can go to that site to find information on our guests as well as uh, any information on how to get yourself promoted on our show, as well as our other activities. We will also be uh, setting up uh, events within the Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Delaware communities, um, hoping to expand beyond our other markets and with our other partners like Chicago, Atlanta, uh, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Connecticut, New York, and uh, also D.C. Um, however, Currently, we will be doing them in the Philadelphia area and New Jersey area, and some may be in Delaware. Uh, we have an upcoming event, which is a, a black business expo, and you're, if you're an African-American business or organization, you're more than welcome to contact us on how you can uh, be a part of that event. We would be expecting a lot of people in the community to come out to network with those businesses, and we, we would like to have businesses that actually cater to uh, helping people to find, you know, the type of work that they could do on their own working within uh, an independent business um, so as to not be so dependent upon a standard corporate job or a white-collar, blue-collar job, which uh, is only as good as it is available to you. In recent months, we've seen how uh, this financial crush has affected us and lots of people lost jobs. And uh, if you don't have anything else to back up when you have something like that happen to you, you're pretty lost. So we hope that these businesses will offer an opportunity for people to have something to do outside of their regular work so that they'll actually be able to uh, succeed a little bit, even if their standard corporate uh, level kind of uh, collapses around you. Uh, Twitter and Facebook and MySpace and many other social networking uh, formats are very good to communicate 
and we use them all to get our word out to people, and we would hope to uh, be able to advise you to do the same because uh, it is a, a way to connect you with others who have an interest in what you're doing. If you're not really familiar with it, there's plenty of books on Amazon.com in which you can find uh, in order to help you on that. Warren Whitlock's book, uh, Twitter Revolution, is also available on Amazon. Just look that up under his name, Warren Whitlock, and it's W-H-I-T-L-O-C-K. Right now, I'm going to just play a couple of songs while I wait for my guests. Um, please enjoy some of the music we are promoting on rotation on this show. Um, we are using um, mostly the hip-hop and rap and uh, some R&B and some jazz music as our musical format for promotion. Uh, if you do not like the type of music, then you're more than welcome to put in a request for any artist that you would like to hear on our show. You can send those requests to mznindradio at gmail.com, and we'd love to help promote any artist that you think is really good and should be played. Um, right now, this is the music that we have available but we would like to also include some of our old friends as well. So I'm going to go ahead and put something on, but we do have our wonderful introduction song that we'd like to put out first. So one moment, and we'll play one of our partners, who is also a radio host, and have his song called Let Me Hear You Say. Goofy Bones, one of my fellow radio hosts, and uh, that was just one of the songs that he liked to have us promote. Any of our other radio hosts are more than welcome to send over any songs or any other information they'd like to, us to help them promote. And once again, that email address is mznndradio at gmail.com. I do believe we have our guest on the air um, now, and he is in the building with us. So we will uh, bring him in. 
Hello, Warren. Is that you on the line? Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I hear you very well. Thank you so much for uh, Wonderful. coming in the show. How are you today? Glad to be here. All doing quite well. We've had a little problem here with the uh, interface getting logged in, and I'm glad uh, I'm able to be with you. Oh, well, I'm Through the I'm wonders glad. of modern technology. <laughs> well, you know, Block Talk does have its issues, and I'm sure they're working on it, and I'm glad you were able to get in. I had a little trouble myself just trying to get in. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I I haven't been able to get to my own show or anything um, so far today, and uh, uh, and just suddenly it popped up a, about one minute after I wanted it to. So I'm really glad to be here. Um, I think the the technology is just so wonderful that allows us to, you know, be able to be far apart and and be together at the same time. I know. I appreciate that too. And I'm I'm happy that it's there. I hope it continues to grow. I know we're going to be moving into the the whole visual part where we'll be able to do video shows as well. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> they had a feature on my blog talk radio show um, last year where they were allowing me to turn on a web camera, and I thought it was silly and tried to shut it off, and my audience kept asking for it. So. Um, and if they wanted to look at me, I'm sure they'd want to be looking at you. <laughs> well, that would be fun. <laughs> so now you you have been um, almost like a, a Twitter guru, and a lot of people I've talked to they still haven't grasped what Twitter is. And do you do you want to give us some overview on what it is and and what it is that you know about it that can help everybody? Well, yeah, um, I think I can sum it up based by, by quoting Clay Shirky. Um, he was uh, asked about, he was talking about this kind of technology, and he says the technology doesn't become really useful until it's boring. And that's what Twitter has had a breakthrough on. Um, we all know how to send a text on a phone, and in many cases I found that's better than calling, leaving a voicemail, and getting another voicemail back, and finally connecting with the person only to find out it's some piece of information that could have easily put in 140 characters. And so we, we learn to rely on text more and more. I meet people who, who think using text is very difficult. I meet people who don't use cell phones or email from time to time. But, but um, as the technology becomes easy, we, we let go of, oh, boy, this is fun, let's try the technology, and we move into actually communicating. And uh, Twitter was started when a group of people that were working on another project, actually for um, online radio shows and podcasts, what they were working on, and that project wasn't doing too well. And um, they said, what else could we do? And they had a brainstorming day, and somebody said, I sure wish I could send a text to everybody in the group at the same time. And they said, well, well, why not? And so that's how they created Twitter was to be able to send a text to more than one person. Once it got installed and was working, if, if we determined that we could easily talk to people in a chat room kind of atmosphere of, you know, everybody gets to see, everybody in your group at least that subscribe to whatever you're doing gets to see what you're talking about. And it turns out people really care about the little things that go on in your life and, you know, you may have to decide whether or not to share this or that with certain people because you just don't call up to say, um, hi, I'm having a, a you know, a, 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 I, I won a big sale at work. 
And you don't, you know, you just don't call all your friends to tell them that. But if you share it, some people would care about that. And if you're going to have a guest on your radio show, whatever it is that you have to share. And so uh, we really go through three stages of accepting any technology, and in particular Twitter. The, the first stage is we take a look at it and say, what is this thing where people are talking about what they had for breakfast? Why would anybody want to know what somebody else had for breakfast? And that's normal. That's, everybody goes through that stage. Um, that's the way I, I thought of it when I first looked at it. And the second stage is, well, this is some new kind of technology. I better get on there and monetize it and figure out how to, how to market it and, and get the most followers and win the game and that sort of thing. And that's, that's normal. We're trying to figure out how to integrate it into our lives. But then the third stage comes, and that's when we really start to have a conversation. I've got friends that I've met in person now that I knew on Twitter, and, uh, you know, we take up a conversation like we're old friends as soon as we see each other. Uh, it doesn't replace phone calls and email and, and face-to-face meetings, which all are superior ways to really get to know somebody, but it enhances that. And so somebody who I can't talk to every day I can send a tweet to. Uh, like I was coming on the, on, the, on the show today, I put up a tweet that said I'm going to be on this show so that people who care about me and have time right now can click and listen. I would guess the majority of the people who see it are going to either ignore it or just say, well, I'd like to, but I'm too busy, or I just heard Warren on the radio last week. But a few might. And that's a new connection where they can learn a little bit more about me, get to know me better, uh, renew an acquaintance, or maybe they get to know you in the process. So in the end, it's just an easier way for us to get to know each other. And I agree with that. And I'm glad that we have the Twitters and the Facebooks and the MySpaces. And Twitter is in real time, so that's why I really appreciate it about it. And the fact that there are celebrities on there now, I mean, it's it's really all over. I've never thought it would go to that level because I didn't think they wanted people to know what they were doing or, you know, be on that, that level with the audience. But it seems to be uh, putting them in competitive stages where they're trying to get more tweets than anybody else. So yeah, you well, it could give... be. It could be. I think they're just going through what I call the stage two of, you know, it's a contest and see who can win it and whatnot. But what's really interesting when we see things like when uh, when Shaq broadcast out that he's at a diner and has two tickets to tonight's game. And <laughs> you think, gosh, that could have possibly worked. Because if he said that on TV, there would be a riot. But right. if he says it on Twitter, maybe somebody gets it, maybe not. He gives away the tickets and it's okay. And um, what we really have learned is that a lot of uh, the more famous people I know tell me they like the idea that they can have an exchange with ordinary people. And, uh, you know, because they get to choose whether or not they're going to answer anything. And, you know, I just recently talked to a friend who has 300,000 followers. He's quite well known. And he says he answers every person that puts his name in a tweet. Now, I'll tell you, I've got, you know, I don't know, a bunch of followers. I can't possibly read all of the people I follow. I can't pay attention to all of it. There's just too many. Since we've been talking, I've probably had thousands of tweets go by on my account. I'm not going to get back to all of those. But when I log in 
and look at my dimensions when it's got at Warren Whitlock in the tweet, I may have had one or two in the time we've been talking. By the time we get done, I'll go and check, and there'll be, you know, there might be three or four. There might be none in an hour. And I and if it's a question, I answer the question. And so it's it's a new broadcast medium, but really what the Internet was always designed for was two-way communication. And instead of one-to-many, now it's many-to-many. We all can communicate with each other a lot easier. Well, I agree with that, definitely, because it it is a great way to communicate, especially when you're, you know, you're doing your daily business. Uh, a lot of times now the Twitter's available to you on your cell phone, you know, so with Facebook and Google and all those other things. I, I like that they've interacted um, those particular type of programs with the, the cell phones that you have with you all the time. So even if you're not home on your computer, you can still communicate with somebody. So that that helps me a lot because then I can see what's going on, oh. how much attention I'm getting. I'm, I'm reminded of the first time I talked to a really rich guy, a, a car dealer or somebody owned shopping centers uh, way back years and years ago. And um, before we had cell phones or most of the technology, but we were asking him about cars. Said, Why do you need seven cars? He says, well, that way I know if I go out to the garage, I can get someplace. <laughs> One of those cars will always be running. <laughs> and we used to laugh at that because this rich guy had seven cars and for just himself. And, uh, you know, and, and now I have uh, three computers myself, and today I'm sitting here with an Internet connection trying to get on the show, trying with a different browser, trying with a different computer. I can't get, I can't get Blog Talk Radio to talk to me at all. And I opened up my phone and typed in Blog Talk Radio, and it came up in the browser, and I'm able to get the phone number. Because we have <laughs> pervasive technology, it's, it's everywhere, and we can go from place to place. So, you know, uh, I mean, I can, I can do a radio interview sitting in my car in a parking lot or in my hotel suite or at my office or at home, and you don't know the difference. Um, and I think that's just wonderful. Um, I don't feel tied down to carry around all this technology with me. I feel liberated because, you know, I've, nobody knows whether or not I'm doing business in my bathtub. <laughs> and, and full disclosure, no. I, <laughs> if you really must know, it's parking lot in a car right now. So. Um, <laughs> I'm in the car because the uh, because I got to the cell phone and the cell phone needed a charger. And again, there's always six different ways to get something done. Uh, I wanted to be with you, and I made sure that I got here. And uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't interrupt my life that much. Now the problems locking in did, but <laughs> but the fact that I needed to be on the radio for this time, no big deal. Um, I could fit it in with whatever else I'm doing. I live in Las Vegas. We get a lot of very long stoplight intersections where the light has to turn two or three times before you get through the intersections, especially when you get down by the strip. And um, that's just wonderful because that means that's a chance to respond to a tweet, send a text message. Uh, if I make a phone call, I'm liable to get either somebody naughty in and have to leave a voice message, or if I do get them, well, who knows, maybe traffic gets busy and I really shouldn't be talking to them. 
But with a text, uh-huh. it's so easy to communicate with people and stay in touch. And really, that's what it's all about. We really want to stay in touch with the people we care about. That's right. Now, using Twitter for business, can you give us some insight on that? Yes. Oh, there was a fantastic article I just read this morning on Whole Foods. And um, instead of talking about how many followers they had, and it just mentioned that it's, you know, a million five or something like that, it really is about what they were what they were doing that made it made it useful to them and they said nine over 90% of what they they tweeted was responses to requests they may mention that there's a special at the store they may mention that that whole foods is better than regular grocery store cuz it comes up in conversation but most of what they're doing is listening for people who have a, either a question about whole foods or a question on a topic related to uh, grocery shopping and getting the best experience, and they're able to respond. And here's the cool thing. Ten years ago, when I was doing customer service type of things for my computer company, we do all we can to avoid answering the same dumb questions over and over again. I used to say, there's no such thing as a stupid question. There's stupid people with questions. <laughs> and so, you know, we came up with a with a frequently asked question list and go read this and read the manual and why are you bothering me, that kind of attitude. Today, if you ask me a question that I've been asked a hundred times before and I give you an answer on Twitter, I know that a dozen, a hundred, a thousand other people might be reading that. And so here's what I do. I go ahead and get you the right answer, answer it politely, <laughs> and uh, in as full context as I can, telling you all, all I can about the, about the subject and how to take the next level to, if you need to do business with me. I put that in a blog post, and then when somebody asks, I just refer to that blog post. And I find instead of having to post over and over again, come look at my blog. What I'm really posting is answers to people's questions. And, and very rarely do I need to go out and try to promote anything that I'm doing because I'm mostly answering other people's questions. So if we use that in our business, uh, if we take the attitude of listen and love, we're going to be listening to the people that are already looking for what we have to offer, and then we're going to show them that we care by responding. And that's what people are looking for. Think about it. When you have a problem with that, with customer service and you're calling the big company and they put you on hold and voicemail and, and uh, you know, uh, what auto attendant, uh, what do they call that, uh, phone hell, when you're pushing buttons <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. What you're really, and then you get a hold of the customer service rep and they say, that's not my department. What you really want in that situation is you're not calling hoping that they're going to replace the product, pay you back all your money, and fire everybody involved, um, which, you know, sometimes we get feeling like that's what we want. But really the reason we call is that we had an issue and we want the issue resolved. Sometimes it's as simple as, you know, I used your product and I really wish that it was painted a different color. There's nothing the company can do about it, but they can say, thank you for your input and we'll consider that on the next revision. And, you know, if a real human being says that and means it, which is what I talk about, love, you know, not we, we appreciate all customer input, and I'm sending you this form letter, but, you know, a real human being listens and says, 
yeah, that's not that bad of an idea. Um, we'll do what we can. We're not looking for them to um, change the policy of a large company just because we made one phone call. We're just asking for, you know, our voice to be heard. That's absolutely correct. That's all we're trying to do. And business-wise, it has helped me a lot, especially using Blog Talk, because they've added all those features on there. So now when I have people, I have about three Twitter accounts. So for each one, I can promote whatever show I'm doing, and I don't have to go all over the Internet to do it. I could do it directly from Blog Talk, which is wonderful for me, as well as uh, sharing it on Facebook. But to have that button right there, it makes it easier to communicate using Twitter. Sure. And that's still, of course, that's sending out your message. But even more important, you can get back because Blog Talk Radio has the chat function so somebody can talk. They can send you a tweet. They can, um, they, you know, you give out, I've heard you give out your email address. I mean, people have ways to communicate with you. And I do a lot of work with authors. And what I tell them all is that today it's as if every person that reads your book has a printing press. So, you know, a couple of things happen. For one, they can spread your message fast, a lot faster than you can. And the other thing is they feel like they know you and you should be paying attention to them. And so, you know, ten years ago, um, uh, let's go back even a little farther, back when email was brand new, you could send an email to Bill Gates at Microsoft and Bill Gates would get it. Then about 10 years ago, maybe a little longer, uh, he was interviewed by Atlantic Monthly. And they, and they said, do you really answer all your own email? And he says, yes. And they say that after that article came out, he could no longer read all of his email because the word got <laughs> out that Bill Gates answered his own email. Uh, you know, and I would imagine Oprah can't answer all her email. You know, people on oh. national TV have that kind of a problem. However, here's what's true about uh, B. Gates at Microsoft today. If you send a message there, somebody will read it. So I talked to a Microsoft guy about this and said, is that still true? They said, yeah, yeah, I used to say that they would respond. He says, well, you might be going a little far to say that we'll always respond. Because, you know, if you just say, hi, hi, Bill, I want to know if you read your email, probably you're not going to bother to respond. But um, the interesting thing is on Twitter, there's a lot of people that will. A lot of people that are, are what you think very famous, if you send them a message, they will. I, you know, I'm constantly running into people who say, do you really respond? Or they send me one of those thanks for following type messages, and I respond to it. And they're going like, is this really you? Or, wow, I just checked. You have a lot of followers. How can you possibly read all this? And I'm going like, I'm just, you know, I'm just a guy who cares about what you have to say. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I can, I can, I can't say I'll always be able to do this. Or if I have, you know, if I had thousands of messages come in a day, but I am committed that if I did get that famous and needed that, needed help with that, I would have somebody else reading, and then, you know, filtering out to make sure that anything that important got to me. For instance, if you want to be on my, um, you know, if, if you want to be on my radio show, I get a lot of requests. People want to be on the radio show. I get a few for people that I really would like to have on the show. I've got to ferret those out and find the right one. Uh, you know, people know I've got a lot of followers. They think send me a direct message and say, 
please retweet this. Well, <laughs> I don't because I don't know who they are. I don't know anything about them. However, if somebody engages me and we have a conversation and they say, I'm out to save the whales, I'll go, okay, that's nice. I don't care about whales. Um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not anti-whale, but I'm, I don't go around trying to save whales. But if they then they say, well, I wrote this blog post, um, and it should convince you to save the whales, and I go and read it, and I go like, I'm still not convinced to save the whales. <laughs> I may go ahead and tweet about that, share that with people, because it's interesting. It's conversation. It's real people. But if somebody sends me a blanket message that says, please help us to promote because whales need to be saved, I'm going to yawn and, and hit delete. I don't, you know, it's just, it's just not something that I put that much effort into it. I know, I know now, now that I brought that up as a random example, somebody is going to send me email and, and uh, accuse me of hating whales, but that's okay. Go ahead. I'll, I'll accept it. Um, but, you know, the, the real conversation is more important than anything. My last blog post was entitled, Elizabeth Potts Weinstein is Annoying. And, uh, you know, it came from a conversation where I saw her talking about somebody had searched for that and found her blog. I don't think she's annoying. Um, and <laughs> I don't know why somebody would type into a search engine, Elizabeth Potts Weinstein is annoying, but apparently somebody did, and I found that very humorous. I got thinking about it and how that looks for self-promotion, and really it goes back to the old saying, I don't care what you say about me, just spell my name right. And so I wrote a blog post about it, stating that I, I do not find Elizabeth Potts Weinstein annoying, uh, that, um, that I found it very funny that she got uh, talked about that, and then I included her bio and a link out to her website. Now, I've got a few followers. Maybe somebody following me doesn't follow her. Maybe that's going to be good for her business. Certainly if she's getting mentioned someplace. But it's because instead of, of hiding and saying, like, I'm so angry that somebody called me annoying, she had some fun with it. And if you go to her website, you'll see that she, that's her attitude of about just about everything. There's some, you know, very uh, silly pictures of her. And, and, you know, she's an attorney and a business consultant, and, and, but also a mom and a fun person. And, you know, and, and her whole life is up there. She's authentic. And if I was looking for somebody with the skill set she has, I would be inclined to hire her, not because she's a friend, which she is now, but the reason I'd be inclined to want to do business with her is because she seems like somebody that I, that I would like to hang out with. So the difference today in selling uh, is, is that we, don't, we no longer put up with somebody coming door to door and saying they have something, and, and we barely put up with the fact that everybody says special deal buy today because, you know, we all still like the bargain. But um, right. what we really want to do is do business with people that we know, like, and trust. And how do you build that kind of rapport so that you can trust somebody? Very, very simple. Let's say you're in a town that you've never been before. You're in a taxi. You don't know anybody and you need a recommendation of a place to stay or eat or something like that, you'll ask, you know, the taxi driver who can barely speak English and doesn't have half his teeth where he thinks you ought to go for dinner because he's somebody that you've had a two-minute conversation with. And generally, we trust that kind of an opinion better than looking in the phone book for something. 
because it's a real ah. human being. The bar is set very low for what we will trust. Now, I'm hoping you get better recommendation than a, than a stranger driving a taxi, but, but, you know, then again, I've had some pretty good recommendations from taxi cab drivers. And, you know, usually I, I go for ones that can, that can speak English even with an accent and, and have most of their teeth. But, you know, but I go for <laughs> whatever I can or the concierge at a hotel. And, you know, and you think about it, when you go to a hotel and you ask the concierge for help because you want to take a client to a dinner and impress them, what's the chances he's been to all of those fancy restaurants? That guy's, you know, not making that much money. A good hotel will send their people out and get to know things like that, but it may be that they've never been to the place they're recommending. But we trust them because they're standing there in uniform with the job of giving us information. If they screw up, what are you going to do? Go back and say, oh, that restaurant you sent me to was lousy. <laughs> you know, probably not. Uh, but um, So the, 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 the barrier uh, here is very, very low. So if you'll get to know somebody, like I was saying about somebody that wants me to promote their Save the Whale, if they've had any conversation with me at all, I'm inclined. I'm a soft touch. I'm inclined to help out anybody I can. But if they come to me and say, you can make money by promoting this link, I just hit delete. I just laugh at people like that. And if they say, you know, save money by coming to our website, uh, you know, I really don't have time for that today. Now, on the other hand, if I'm looking to buy something and, you know, I'm shopping around, that that time if somebody offers me a discount, it might be appropriate. Discounts and, and promotions are good for closing sales. They're not good for finding things that we want to buy. And so with all the tools that we've invented for mass media and advertising in the past century have all been mass. It's all been throw out a broad net and see who we can catch. But today – we have the opportunity to, to, to laser focus on that one person who's saying, hey, where's a place I can find sushi in Cincinnati? And sure enough, there's somebody on Twitter talking about sushi in Cincinnati right now. <laughs> yeah, I bet you there is. I there there is. is. I tested it. I've never <laughs> been to Cincinnati. I don't eat sushi, but I have tested this out because I said this three or four times and just like the uh, whale example that I'm sure I'm going to hear about, somebody wrote back and said, well, when you're in Cincinnati, here's a great sushi place. I don't even eat sushi. But I got recommendations for five or six places. And then I did a search. If you'll search, let me give you the, the tip for if you want to find out anything and you want to find out who's asking for what you know. Use search.twitter.com. There's also a search box on any Twitter webpage, but – if you go to search.twitter.com, you can get to advanced search, and there's a lot of parameters you can put into search for something. But let me give you one simple one. Let's say that you care a lot about whales, since that's our topic today. So you type in whales, then a space, and then a question mark. And what you'll get as a return is only people that have used whale or let's say whale or whales, whichever one, and is asking a question. That question mark gives you only questions. Well, if you get a screen full of 20 questions that people have asked with your keyword, chances are two or three of those are going to be questions that you can answer. And very likely they're going to be um, 
questions that have come up in the last hour. And you think about it, when you start answering questions like that, you're talking to somebody who's actually looking for whatever it is you're an expert at. So, if, and, and with geo-targeting, which every tweet now is, is, is recorded where it was sent from, whether or not that's GPS on a phone or what the IP address puts, what city I put the person in, you can only get, you can search to only get tweets that are within 5 or 10 or 50 miles of where you're at. And so ah. you can find out who's talking about sushi within a 20-mile radius of where you are. Well, if you're a, in the sushi business, that'll work. Hmm. I'm wondering now, <laughs> somebody's going to come up, somebody's going to figure out that we've been talking about whales and sushi and put that together, but I'm not, I'm not making any jokes there. I'll leave that to our listener. Um, <laughs> I am not advocating whale sushi, just for the record. Oh, no. Um, I have done this over and over again with uh, people that are learning Twitter and put that in, done that kind of search. I've never failed to find something of interest there. Uh, you know, dry cleaners can find people that are asking about removing spots and things like that. And it really doesn't matter whether or not that person is ever going to be your customer because just like frequently asked questions, you get this chance that all the people that are searching and looking for those kind of things can find you. Now, there's some topics like make money online that you're going to get a whole bunch of links out to somebody's, you know, e-book to get you started for making money at home or whatever. There is a way to avoid those kind of things. You can actually do a search and put minus HTTP, and uh, then you'll only get um, uh, results that don't have a link in them. Or you can look for results that only have a link in it if you're looking for information and you want to find out more about who has an ebook on how to make money at home. Uh, so what the difference between a Google search and a Twitter search is that Twitter is things that people have posted in the last few minutes. Uh, there one, one, that was, one famous one was you may have heard there was uh, quite a bit of hubbub about this guy, uh, that died last summer, uh, Michael Jackson. You may have heard of him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Quite a bit. Yes, I have. On. They, held a, they held a memorial service, and, you know, everybody was talking about it. During that time, it was a trending topic on, on, uh, on Twitter. So on the right-hand side of uh, Twitter, you could do like a couple of days ago was probably Super Bowl or the names of the team or, you know, Who's, who's running for president or anything like that. But a friend of mine captured a screen uh, and uh, hit the, the, the search to see what, the, what people were talking about, the Michael Jackson Memorial. And, of course, I remember looking at it at the time. It was lots of people that were sad saying rest in peace and uh, they were watching it on TV and crying or, you know, whatever they were talking about. But my friend did a, something a little bit different. He waited a, a, a couple of seconds and, hit, and then looked at the top of the screen because mm -hmm. there were 4,000 new tweets about it, way more wow. than any person could read. And then he had this observation. This is uh, my friend uh, uh, Jay Berkowitz, at Jay Berkowitz on Twitter. And his observation, what really hit home to me is about what this means. That means that not only did 4,000 people post something within those, those couple of seconds, 
but that Twitter went through them all, found out that they included Michael Jackson, and was able to update the screen of anybody reading that that fast. Wow. So if you want to know about anything, the game that's being played right now, you're watching American Idol on TV and you want to know what other people have to say, or you're not watching it on TV and you want to know what other people have to say. You can, you can do a search on something like that and find out what the pulse of, of, of public opinion is immediately. Now, if it's sushi in Cincinnati, you may have, you know, a, a screen full of tweets may go back several hours or even several days. <laughs> but they are going to be appropriate to what you're doing. And if you put in, you know, within five miles of your zip code, they're going to be very appropriate to what's going on in your neighborhood. So there's tools that you can track these and over time read and keep track of what's going on. You don't have to read every one, but it's a lot better if you can get a, a capture a lot of them, just like somebody makes sure to look at all the mail that comes into B-Gates at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. You set up your own way of looking at this river of data and picking out the pieces that are important. You play with the keywords until you get the right kind of search. It's getting, the, you know, mostly information you're, you're interested in. Then using uh, – that you can change that into an RSS feed, which means that you can read it like you read a blog, or uh -huh. you can um, subscribe to a service that will um, send them all to your email like once an hour or once a day within all the tweets that meet those parameters, or using a tool like People Browser, which is one of my favorite apps for research and this kind of thing. Once you get your search set up, you can have a column, or they call it a stack, that's on your site. That's on your view of Twitter. You can see, so you can see all the people that just mentioned you, all the direct private messages that come to you, and on, and all the ones that are keywords. Or you can mark that there's ten people that you want to read everything they have to say. You can put them in a special group. Whatever it is you want to do, you can pick these out. So when I start doing that, like when I'm holding a promotion, like uh, at the at the start of uh, 2009. I came up with the idea that I was going to give away a gift to somebody because at the time I had, I was going to hit my 5,000th follower, and I was bored counting followers back then. Today I don't even talk about how many followers I have, but somebody mm -hmm. had offered me this and said, do you want to give it to your 5,000th follower with an art print? And I go, whoa, what the heck? And it's going to happen on New Year's Day. So I thought, well, let's make this interesting. I wrote a blog post saying I'd like to pick out a few gifts and just give them to somebody on that day, not to follower number 5,000. And uh, I wrote the blog post on New Year's Eve, and this is back when Twitter had, oh, probably 5% of the, of the people that are using it now. And so it was easier to have something be a, a hot topic, and I regularly got into the, most, the, uh, the, the trending topics of what was being discussed. But I didn't plan this. I was just talking about what this was, and I decided happy09 would be the hashtag. A hashtag is simply anything that starts with the pound sign. It's a different way to filter and look at the words. You can, you can search for any word, but putting a pound sign and mixing numbers and letters together as an acronym makes it so you, you've created a unique word. And, and mine was happy09. And what I found was that in the next three days, there was, no, was 125,000 people used that hashtag I couldn't read all the times people tweeted with it, I, I, but I filtered and read all the ones that had my name on it. And then I had to have a separate column of the time people did, didn't 
use my name so I could keep track of what – I mean, didn't use Happy09, but used my name so I could keep track of that. And all of this was going on. We, and people were talking about it. It was the number one topic on Twitter for three days. Well, that was before we had, you know, the celebrities on Twitter and, and people talking about whatever TV shows is on. And so, you know, it's different. We did it again for Happy 1-0, and uh, we got, you know, thousands of people tweeting, but it wasn't a trending topic now. But um, it, it, gave people, it gives people a chance to talk about one thing over and over again. So sometimes on Twitter you're going to see that they're, uh, the people are talking about an event, like uh, the Consumer Electronics Show. If, during that week that that was in Las Vegas, people would put pound sign CES10 for the Consumer Electronics Show of, of 2010. And uh, you could look at that and you could see what people were talking about, what new products were introduced, what people said, things like that. So. I was there speaking at the at the event, and I could see what else was hot and being talked about. And the people that were in our session, because it was social media jungle, were busy talking about what that was and tweeting about that and sharing with the rest of the world. There's an interesting phenomena that happens. You realize that even though at CES there was 150,000 or however many people at the at the event, there were a lot more people that were interested in what was going on that couldn't attend. That's certainly so when you have a party and only, you know, 5 or 10% of your group can come to it. You can talk about it and everybody else can find out what's going on. Well, if it's a private party, maybe you don't want to share it. But if it's, a, but if it's an event that's part of your business and you're speaking, today you can turn on a, a um, TV camera, broadcast it out to the world, let people chat, ask questions, and you can increase your audience from 50 or 100 to literally thousands of people watching you hold an event. Uh, and we have found that even when the people hold events that cost a couple of thousand dollars to attend, that they have more people come to the event after they start broadcasting what's going on. That's because in no matter what you're doing, there's more people that want to be there than there are that, that, that made the investment and got there. And so what's happened as these events, and this is mostly like in Oh, the people who have blogs and the affiliate marketers at Affiliate Summit, those people now, they've been doing this for a while. They're finding in the second and third year of doing it, they cut their advertising budget because now they're growing naturally by just the people tweeting about it, and they're putting more emphasis on how they can help people share what's going on, share the information that people are paying for free with the rest of the world because really what's happening is it's encouraging people to want to be part of it. Think about how that applies to your business. Anything you're doing, there's more people that want to do business with you than you, you could possibly be doing business with right now. So instead of looking for somebody else to talk into doing business with you, you should be spending most of your time helping the people that are trying to find you already. That's some great advice right there. Um, matter of fact, that's some of the advice that we want to use when we have uh, our upcoming concert, um, that we're going to try to use the, the maximum amount of social networking to bring an audience to it because the event itself is going to be streamed online uh, for those who are not able to attend the live event and uh, through a pay-per-view. We have an account with a pay-per-view company. So um, we want to use those social net networking products to maximize the audience 
above and beyond. It's almost well, like Oprah runs Twitter. <laughs> it's almost like Well, that. you have to think about you want to go beyond the, the, the concert that you're doing right now, and you want more built-in audience for the next concert. Right. This was done on MySpace a few years ago by a comic I met. I can't remember his name, but um, he was not a big-name comic at all. But he was traveling a circuit, and um, he decided to put up a MySpace page. And uh, the MySpace page told where he was going to be and uh, what was going on. And he went in and did a search on the people that were in Boston when he was getting ready to play Boston. So he went to Boston. He told all of his fan base that he was going to Boston. And he only had, you know, he had access to maybe a couple of thousand people on MySpace and that he built up over time. And But when he found the ones that were close enough to Boston to, you know, send them an invitation, asked them to come, he got triple the audience that he normally would get. The place was overpacked. Before he left, they offered him triple the money that he normally got paid. And he's turned it directly into cash for the next time that he that he um, that he appeared. He didn't get paid more for bringing the people that time. He got paid more, you know, not when he set it up, not when he filled the room, but the next time he was worth more. And we do this with books and authors all the time, where they're speaking and they're, you know, I had one one guy that was getting five thousand dollars for a speech. He came out with a book. It became a bestseller. He started getting $25,000 a speech. Well, it doesn't take very many speeches to pay for all that publicity. That's very important with books because with books, you rarely make back what, what it costs to, to promote yourself as an author. And so instead of trying to figure out how can we sell enough books to make money, I now focus on how do we get the, uh, the, the news out about the book to enough people that they'll want to do business with us in the other ways we do business. And every author I work with has another way that they actually make the money. Now, occasionally a book takes off and they make lots of money. Uh, in concert promotion, obviously you've got to make some money off the people coming to the event. A little bit constrained there, but think about how radio was built back, you know, 50 years ago. People would send records to the radio station. The radio station would play them and they would get more people wanting to buy the album and attend the concert. Today we've mm -hmm. seen examples where where bands are putting out whole albums online, and it's increasing the number of fans they have that will come to the concert. So right. as you build an audience, more and more people want to get involved. So um, it's now when I speak, instead of saying, please silence your cell phones and turn off all your computers and pay attention to me, one, the first thing I say, it's actually on my first slide, is please turn on your cell phones, connect your laptop to the Internet, and tell everybody that you're here. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I think the audience that's out there is much bigger than the one in the room. That's right. <laughs> and that's a really good so, uh, concept that we could use in our concert promotion. So I'll probably be calling you and getting some more information. <laughs> well, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, you get everybody everybody at the concert to tell a friend, whether it's for a prize or for whatever, and, um, you know, maybe a backstage pass because, you know, you're going to pick one person to tweet. One of the things that really encourages people to tweet is to put up a large screen with the tweets on it because now mm -hmm. people in the audience are going to tweet just so they can see their name up there. 
you got to be careful because <laughs> I have heard about somebody as a speaker giving a presentation, and the audience turned on her and started saying that she was boring. And then um, she got nervous, couldn't see the screen herself. She got nervous, and, they, and actually what they didn't like was the speed she was speaking at, and she took the, <laughs> the, um, the feedback from the room absolutely well. I don't remember. I think she was speeding up. They said she was talking too fast. She started talking faster. And, uh, you know, it could have happened the same way with slow, and she slowed down. But, uh, and I can imagine, you know, you might also want to moderate it that, you know, you're at a concert on a Saturday night. Maybe the language going up may not may be something you want to be careful with. But, um, you know, there are ways you can you can do that and monitor and make sure, you you know, you uh, remove certain people or things like chat or whatnot, or you just let it go with whatever it is. And, of course, you always have the, the switch to turn it on or off. So right. I've been to a lot of events where they turn Twitter on the big screen until the program starts. And I think it's appropriate to turn it off during the program because it can, you know, not not only distract, but it can also really turn against you and it's hard to monitor. But um, anything that gets people to say they were there uh, will help you at your next event. Very little chance of somebody coming to your event, tweeting about it, and then all their friends run down, buy a ticket, and come to the event or go buy it on pay-per-view. While that may happen, more likely it's going to build up your audience for the next event. So always be thinking farther ahead. And if that's what if social media does one thing good, it it really uh, 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 leverages whatever your reputation is. So if you have a good reputation, everybody finds out about it. If something goes wrong, everybody finds out about it. But if you fix something that goes wrong, everybody finds out about it. And you know it just amplifies whoever you are. And for the most part, it makes people be a little bit better version of themselves because you know the whole world's watching. So I'm going to be a little bit careful about saying. Well, I was on this radio show and it sucked. <laughs> I don't feel that way, but you know, I wouldn't ever say that anyway. But on this show, you know, I'm going to say, "Wow, this is a great experience." And I, and I, over time, I've tended to, to find out, well, you know what? There's more good in everything than there is bad. If you go looking for that good, it's made me a better person, just a little bit better version of my of my real self. And so, if that, that's my primary motivation in using this. I just really enjoy this. I enjoy talking to you about it on the radio because I get a little bit I get a little bit more chance to hone my message and talk about what it is, maybe reach a few more people. Uh, and uh, I used to really worry, like, if I'm coming on your radio show, do I have something to promote, something to sell? What, what do I need to plug? Today, I don't worry about it. Somebody says, what do you want to talk about? I said, well, I always say, whatever you want. <laughs> and and it made made life a lot more fun. Well, you know, I have a lot of uh, authors that um, I associate with, and a lot of them listen to the show. So, can you give uh, the authors that are listening some advice on the best way to market their book? Because I see that yours is doing very well, and uh, I have sure. had questions about that. So, sure, I'll sure, sure. That that. that the number one thing you're going to want to do is, is, is take an attitude of listen and love. You want to be talking to your audience. Just because you know the topic well enough to write a book doesn't mean you should go off in some ivory tower, write a book, and then expect people to pay to read it. Uh, that doesn't work. The majority of manuscripts written, majority of people wanting to write a book don't 
majority of the manuscripts written don't get published. Majority of the books published never have hardly any sales at all. Majority of the books bought aren't read. The odds are really against you writing a book, people paying for it, and loving it. Now, that happens all the time. The reason is is because through all that waste, there's a lot of good messages in books. In fact, most of the <laughs> excuse me, most of the authors I work with have great messages. But unless people find out about it, it doesn't matter. So start today. If you have a book that's out, if it's pre-publication, if you're just dreaming of doing a book, the very first thing to do is make sure that you're blogging and you're doing things like what we're doing here. Uh, you know, online radio is so pervasive now. There's, you know, tens of thousands of shows of opportunities for you to be interviewed or to hold your own show and interview other people that are in your field. That networking with the other authors is the absolute best way to find people that are interested in your topic. And then once you let go of the idea that everything's about selling a book and you start saying, how can I spread the message best, the book becomes the best leverage you can ever do. I say a book is, can be a, a horrible business thing to do, but it can be the absolute best thing you ever do for your business and your career if you use it properly in leveraging and promotion. I have a free course for authors. Uh, would you like me to share where they can get that? Definitely. <laughs> okay. It's at a website called bookmarketingstrategy.com, B-O-O-K-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G-S-T-R. A-T-E-G-Y.com, bookmarketingstrategy.com. And you go there, and I will send you several uh, email installments of a course that tells, uh, that, that tells you all of my best practices for getting this set up. And do this immediately if you even think you're going to write a book or you want to be known online in, in, any, in any fashion. Well, that's some helpful information because I'm actually writing a book myself. And it should be done. It's actually in pre-publication, so I should be ready to get out there marketing it in June. And I'm going to use that uh, information that you provide to to learn how to get it out there and to do a lot more with promotion. And, and this blog talk forum is great for that as well because there's so many book shows on blog talk that can just have you well, do an interview. And look at what you, look at what you did. You wanted to do. You wanted to know more about Twitter and marketing your book. You bring me on the show. I talk about that. You learn. Your your mm -hmm. listeners take you as the authority that found the right information. You're not here competing with me as to who knows most about this subject. Uh, and in fact, even if you know this subject as well as me, you're doing the right thing to just go ahead and say, "Wow, that's great stuff. Thanks." So um, it's something that's been hard for me. I have a big ego. <laughs> when I see somebody on my show, I do my very best to say, oh, wow, isn't that neat? And um, and I don't worry about whether or not I'm going to look like I don't know what I'm talking about. Because what happens is people think I'm the expert in that I got the right guy to talk to them. And so do that. If you don't know what to do, ask somebody to be on your show. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to get me on the show. Just ask. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, or anybody, you know, and I, I do, I, I found that the very big names uh, are just as easy to get on, on the show. It takes a little bit of reputation and practice to get to that point because I know Mark Victor Hansen and Robert Allen. I've met them both. They came out with a book. I asked them. It took one email. They came on my radio show and gave me an hour on a Friday night 
I was just floored that they would do that. And I thought, well, they're not checking out, do I have enough audience or blah, 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 any kind of this. No. They want to promote what they're doing. They want to reach new audiences, and so they were happy to come on my radio show. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody can get, you know, you can't just call up Oprah and say, come on my radio show. But there's a, a way to get started. There's a lot of people who you think are famous and unapproachable that we learned that simply with a tweet or, uh, you know, an email, you can reach these people. I'm constantly uh, amazed that I go to some conference, I go up to the keynote speaker to introduce myself, and they say, I know you. How do you know me? Well, I've seen you on Twitter. And I'm going like, sheesh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I'm, I hope you didn't see all that stuff about about sushi and Elizabeth Potts Weinstein is is annoying, oh, <laughs> which reminds me I better be a little bit more professional in what I do. And I get better at my game, and, and I help other people, and we all grow together. And it's, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a much funner way to live than going around trying to convince people to buy something. Okay, uh, if you could give us that uh, link one more time. For some reason, it's not sure. coming up with the right information. Bookmarketingstrategy.com. We did okay. have a change in that server in the last week or so, so when we get done here, I will go and check again to make sure we don't have a, an error coming up on it. But that is the right website, bookmarketingstrategy.com. My website is bestsellerauthors.com. That's where you go to find out more about me and find my blog, bestsellerauthors.com. And, of course, uh, if, you, if you need anything at all, please tweet me, at Warren Whitlock, W-H-I-T-L-O-C-K. And any tweet that has at Warren Whitlock, I'm going to see and I'll respond to. Uh, and if, you know, if you're not begging me to, to promote you for free, um, I, I want to engage you. In fact, even if you ask me in public, uh, in private message, I don't respond because it's like there's no sense to respond to all the private ones I get. But in public, if you ask me and it's something silly, I'll just tell you. <laughs> and that will promote you anyway. If you have a conversation with me, you're likely to pick up 20 to 50 real followers who are following you because they looked at your website and your profile and decided they wanted to follow you. We're not talking about can you boost your numbers. We're talking about real human beings who say, look who, at what Warren's talking to. Maybe I ought to check out what this has to say. Who's this person? Oh, look at this. Ah, I go over to their blog. They're interesting. And that's what it takes. A couple of mouse clicks, they go from seeing your name to being to reading your blog to wanting to get know to more about you. As long as you don't put up buy me, buy me, buy me, they're going to be interested in finding out about you. So I do hope everyone listening will send me a tweet, ask me a question, tell me that I shouldn't be talking about whales that way, whatever you want. I'm happy to um, to hear from you and uh, and will engage you in public in, in any any chance that I get just to just to say hello and make a new friend. And I also want to let you know, Warren, that um, whenever I do a show on Blog Talk, I actually have a pod hosting account with Podomatic. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but every time I do a show, I post it there on that hosting site, and that gives me global exposures. I have fans in Asia and the U.K., 
and uh, India and all over the Mediterranean, I mean, Russia, Germany, everywhere, that listen to the shows. And so this will give you more promotion because once I upload that, everybody's going to listen. If they already are subscribed to the feed, they're also um, downloading the shows. So that also gives you more promotion, not to mention I'll have all your links listed. And then they give you a web page where you can have more information. So it's not just a player, you know, a little pod player. You'll actually see a person's right. picture, book, whatever. So that's something that would well, be helpful to you too. That, yeah, that's great advice to everybody that every time there's a directory or a place to list yourself, do it. It's amazing mm-hmm. how often somebody who I've known, you know, in real life or before or something says, man, in the past year, you've just gotten to be so popular. And I'm thinking about, I'm just the same guy. <laughs> now, I did have a book come out a year and a half ago, the first book on Twitter. I got a little bit famous because of that. I have a radio program that's on. That's uh, twitcastradio.com and T-W-I-T-Cast. And, um, and, you know, I'm getting better known, but really – my life hasn't changed much. What's happened is back in 2008, I made a conscious decision that every day I was going to go out and join another five or ten uh, social networks because I was exploring these, and a bunch of them turned out to be good. I don't recommend doing that because I'm now members of, a member of hundreds and hundreds of social networking sites that I never go back to. But yeah, when, <laughs> when I find one that's a Ning, I think you've got one that's Ning-based. Oh, I have about six of those. <laughs> yeah. And so when I was looking for the phone number a little while ago, now I didn't join because I was busy looking for the phone number, but when I find one of those immediately, uh, once you join Annie on Ning.com you, you, and have your, your, your email address and password, you can join other ones with just, just by logging into them. You don't even have to join. They may ask oh, you I a know. couple of questions and they need to approve you. But I'm members of all sorts of Ning websites, and occasionally get email from somebody looking for me on one of those. And, um, you know, again, I don't suggest the strategy of joining as many as you can. I did it because I was exploring and, and writing about it at the time. But what I found from doing this is just this, this idea that every time I go to a blog, I leave a comment. Every time I, I go to somebody's profile, I try to check their blog and then leave a comment. I do what I can. I just, just a little bit more than I would do when I'm normally surfing. Maybe it takes me another five minutes a day to do this. So I've come up with the, with the phrase, if you have time to read a blog, you have time to, to post a comment. And I'd encourage everybody listening now to post a comment on this Blog Talk radio show. If you mark it as a favor, then leave a comment and hit the tweet button. Uh, you'll build the network for this show, which will build your network because, uh, you know, again, you're, you're dealing with somebody that really understands promotion. So when you need something promoted, you'll get a, a reciprocal kind of thing. And I'm sure you promote things that your listeners uh, talk about all the time. Oh, yes, all the time. Um, another thing about Ning is what they used to have is when you're sending out um, invitations to an event, they used to have it where if it says invite friends, any Ning uh, group that you're associated with, every friend that you have under that email would be listed automatically. They took that feature away. So now you have to go to each one of your Ning uh, organizations to post your event. Uh, only the friends on that immediate site will be able to get the automated um, listing, but everybody else is gone. So I had over a 1,000 friends, and it was easier to advertise an event that way than to go yep. to each and every site. Well, you know what? That's 
that's an ease, but that's back to the, the, the um, phase two of Twitter acceptance, as I was talking about earlier. It's nice and automated, but it doesn't necessarily work. We're finding that people reading um, email lists and, um, you know, and subscribing to blogs, something like that, it gets to be harder and harder. Because more of us are accessing this information by our cell phone or in a hurry or in aggregators. And so when you, for instance, somebody like me that belongs to a lot of networks, if I go log into all your networks and every one of them has the same message, I just learn mentally. It's, it's, how we, it's how our brains function. I learn to discount every time I see that. I see it over and over again. I'm going like, oh, okay, that's her again. You know, it, it, you know I've already seen this. And, and so it discounts just the value of it. So that rule is actually good that they're making it be more personal, more one-on-one -on -one with people, because that will work that much better. Now, you still want to be able to be found, and when you have something to promote, you do want to get the message out. So that's the paradox. That's the, that's the problem we're up against. Um, but as I talk about all of this, I'm never suggesting that you stop trying to promote yourself. I'm a big-time self-promoter. But what I found is <laughs> the more I can put that off and focus on the other person, the better my promotion is going to go. Chris Brogan in Trust Agent says, to promote somebody else 12 times for every time you promote yourself. Boy, that's a great rule. I've been trying that like crazy. Um, just to say less and less about me, not to always be telling people to come look at my latest blog post and just answer other people's questions. The more I do it, the more attractive I become to my followers that they want to hear more from me. I started putting up more uh, quotes on Twitter, uh, retweeting things that I find that are interesting, having more real conversations, and, and, and not worrying at all about what people have come to find me. And sure enough, the serendipity kicks in. I don't know how it works. I don't know how a light comes on when I click on the light switch. It just works. The more I focus on other people, the better it is for me. And so keep that attitude, and, you, you know, you're going to do well in any kind of promotion. Well, that's good to know. I'm going to definitely keep that information uh, in my okay. profile for every bit of promotion I do because I do a lot of promoting of a lot of things. And um, I also want to invite you as a guest in, uh, sometime in March or April. I actually, because I've been doing blog talk for uh, a little over a year, I was approached by a radio station in the Philadelphia area who uh, was listening to some of my shows, and they thought that I could bring that format to their station uh, because they liked the way I did it on Blog Talk. So now that I'll be doing that, that will start in March on the 14th, actually. Once a week I'll have a show on uh, WNWR AM Radio 1540, and it will be featuring independent music artists, but it will also have some talk segments on um social networking, and other business topics, as well as music industry professionals doing Q&As with callers so that they can find out how to get their, you know, music on onto the uh, radio uh, uh, personalities or also to the uh, industry. So I would love to invite you to come out and, uh, well, you know, you don't have to come over here, but we'll do the same thing with the talk on the phone type of interview, just like we're doing now. Through the magic of telephone lines. Well, sure, and I, am, I'm, I hope you will let me know about that, and as long with all your listeners here, because uh, we're going to be able to want to tell uh, bands that we know that are trying to get found and recording artists that need that kind of help to, to tune into That's that. Right. Will that also be broadcast online? 
Yes, it will be streamed online. It will also be available for um, video on demand. Well, not video, but, you know, audio on demand. Some of the shows that we do, we're going to actually broadcast live on Ustream as well because we're going to be going out to on remote broadcasting to uh, showcases. So if anybody's doing a, a showcase and they want, you know, us to promote it for them to show their talent, we'll be happy to come out and videotape that and post it on our website. And so people who are listening to the radio show can also check out the video. And the audience uh, on the radio station is over over 3 million people just for those who are listening to the radio. So, I mean, that's some really great uh, basic stats right there. And then, of course, I have a global audience, so I'm, I'm promoting it everywhere. So whoever's going to be on the show is going to get heard everywhere. And it's just independent artists as far as the music is concerned because they don't have their own outlet. Um, they have to stand in line behind all those top 40 artists. So that's our goal is to help independent artists. If you do know anybody, please forward them to my email. I'd be happy to help them. Good, good. Well, you know you're practicing the, the mixing the medias together that's done so well. It's, it's how Rupert Murdoch made all of his money. It's, it's been a, an advertising staple since, oh, the 1920s when a guy named Edward Bernays made this up of getting people to bounce around and go to different medias. It makes it look like you're in more places and omnipresent, for one thing, but it also engages people on whatever level they want to be. And like we started the show with the, with the quote, uh, you know, the technology becomes truly useful when it's boring. We don't think of how to dial a telephone anymore or how to drive a car. Those are really useful technologies. This technology is becoming like this, and you really can reach out if you're an author or a band or whoever you are and get your audience where they want. Some people want to see video. Some people want to see audio. Some people want text. Some people want it on their phone in a small format. Some people want it on a giant screen. And some people want to come in person. And you take care of all those people. And then, of course, you need to charge for the engagement at some point. But that usually takes care of itself. When you're doing the publicity, I say once you have something in place that you know you're going to be able to make a living doing it, then it's about how can you give it away to the biggest, broadest audience in any other way that you can to engage those people and bring them in. Um, you know, as authors, we know people want to hire us as consultants, as, uh, as uh, you know, coaches, uh, speak in public, whatever it is, and the more exposure we get, the better. And so you're, you're doing absolutely the right thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're going to involve the social networking of Twitter, MySpace, and Facebook, because certain uh, artists that will be performing, uh, like we'll be doing a review of their music when we invite them in. So we'll have people tweet their opinions um, live. So we'll bring up those tweets. You know, we'll, we'll even if it's good or bad, we'll mention it. You know, because well, the bad can make you better, and the good can promote you. And either way, as long as they spell your name right. I know. <laughs> That's right. They, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm short money because of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm still in the, I'm still here in a parking lot and don't know. Have we used up all the time? Uh, let me take a look here. We've got about 15 minutes. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> and I enjoy the conversation. You're, you're a wealth of information for us, so, you know, we're happy to have you as long as you can stay. <laughs> okay. Uh, great. Yeah, I, I, do have an, I, I do have an appointment to get to, and it's getting a little bit cold sitting in the parking lot, so I, 
I had started to notice, but I'm having a great time talking to you and happy to answer any questions. Do you have a chat session in this in this uh, on this show? Actually, we do. And if anybody that is in the chat room has any particular questions to ask Warren, or if you want to call in, please go ahead and put in your question, or you can call us in at. Uh, Three four seven two three seven five zero five zero, and we'll be happy to take any questions anyone has. Um, now, in regards to your book, I wanted to cover that again. Um, just tell us exactly where uh, we can get it. I know I, I put in the Amazon information, but um, where else are you are you selling your book? Well, support Blog Talk Radio and click on the picture of my book there, and and Blog Talk Radio get a few pennies for. Where you buying the book that way? It's on Amazon.com. It's available in any bookstore or, or whatever. Uh, I, you know, we we never set out to make this book the best the best selling book of all time, but we 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 have sold many times what we thought we would when we started out uh, because you know Twitter has just been growing like crazy in the last year. But um, the idea of the book was that the revolution is much bigger than Twitter. It's called Twitter Revolution because we knew that Twitter was going to be popular. Um, you know, and I think we were kind of right. It grew at 1,444% last year. In other words, that's over 14 times as large as it was a year ago. And still growing fast. And, of course, you know, today we have all the uh, celebrities using it and millions of people there. Uh, you know, back in the old days I was – I could tell you that I was ranked a certain number or something like that. I don't worry about it now. I'm in the top couple of thousand users, but, it, you know, it's it's not important. We found out that the numbers weren't near as important as the listening. And I'll have to say that's the one thing that turned around my thinking of how to use Twitter and social media is the fact that I learned that it was about listening. There's a river of data flowing out there. There's things going on all the time. There's more information you can ever get to. When you let go of the idea that you have to get to everything, you have to know it all, there's not going to be a test at the end of the period. There's going to be, you know, <laughs> all you need to do is try to keep in, in touch with however you can, where you care, where you want to know about something. And the more you do, the better job you're going to do at whatever it is you're doing. When I decided that was the attitude, I started following a whole lot of people. I started going out and joining the other social networks and trying to find other connections with people. And the big thing is I started responding. I actually started responding to more email. Now, if I, get, if I send out an email to uh, a little over 100,000 people that are on my subscriber list for my newsletter now, and I send out an email, and uh, they generally ask questions. I love it that they engage me, and they write back, and they want to know about this or that. They want to tell me their life story and that they have this book, and they're hoping to get in touch with me soon when the book comes out, and I say, thank you. And I used to just, like, delete those messages and move on, but Twitter and the social media have taught me that it's all about listening. Where can I find the information? Because I figure each one of those people took the time to write that. And so, um, you know, you know, I'm – I, I'm not looking for more people to, talk, to write me an email and tell me their life story. I'm busy just like everybody else. But if you take the time to write out and say, this is where I, you know, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'd like some help or whatever, I'll answer you as best I can, as, as often as I can. Uh, Twitter, almost always, email, 
pretty often, and I do what I can to try to engage my audience because I found out they're each individual unique people trying to do that. Years ago, I ran a, uh, a brick-and-mortar business, and I had to do whatever I could to try to avoid people coming in because most everybody that came into our business was looking to have a computer repaired. And I was known as the owner, so around town, if you know, if I'd have been to the Chamber of Commerce or I was known or I got interviewed in the newspaper or whatever like that, people would come in and ask for me. I'd be drawn out of a meeting, brought out to the front desk, say hello to the person, and they said, I got a question about my computer. Can you help me? And I say, Well, I'd have to say, Yes, yeah, sure. Let me get Paul. He'll help you out. <laughs> because I couldn't possibly take care of everybody myself. Well, that was the old days. And I did things like my first website and all of my advertising, did everything possible to try to avoid putting me in my name. I certainly wouldn't want to put my picture on anything. <laughs> then I found out more about how to do it this way, and I started promoting myself and find out that I can deal with that. I had to have a system back then. I have a system today. So if you send me an email and you're asking certain questions, I know what to answer you. I may have a prepared paragraph for you. I may have a, a blog I'm going to send you to. I may tell you to go to book marketing strategy. If you write me a, a long, drawn-out email telling you about your hard luck story and how your book really needs to be shared with the world but you have no money, uh, guess what? I'm not going to, to give you money and help you promote your book. Uh, because the first thing I teach people is that, may, that, that the book is not going to solve your financial problem. It's a good way to accelerate making money and leveraging in your career, but it's a horrible way to get this month's mortgage or rent paid. And so I would be doing somebody a disservice if I said, yeah, let me work for free for you. I'd be doing me a disservice, too, because pretty soon wouldn't be able to pay my own mortgage. But um, So what, I, I tell those people the same thing. And if you have that kind of a problem and you contact me, I've got two or three places I send people to give them help. Guess what? They all require that you're willing to do something and take some action and do some work so you can make enough money so you can afford to properly promote yourself and your business. Um, because I'm a big believer that I need to help out anybody that I can. Because uh, I know that, you know, there's so many stories, rags to riches, of somebody who was sleeping on a park bench, uh, got their, their um, you know, their problems, whatever they had solved, started out and, and you know, maybe got a, a job and then and, and went from the job to a consulting career and then pretty soon owned their own company. And, uh, you know, that, those stories go over and over again. It's not that everybody that's poor becomes rich. It's that everybody that's rich was probably once poor. <laughs> and uh, and so there's always a story. And, I, and I, you know, I know that I've got to help out people. So it's in my self-interest to do that. But also it just feels good. It's the right thing to do. And so I help out people wherever I can. But usually what we don't get when we're down and out and desperate for help is that the, the best thing that can happen to us is what happened to me. I was fired from my third, for the third time in 11 months. Um, I didn't know what to do. I, I, I've only had four full-time jobs in my life. I was fired from all of them. It was all back in the 1980s. And I am so glad that, I'm, that I've been, you know, unemployable ever since. Uh, I'm very happy with the, with the way things have turned out. But at that time, boy, at that third time, I had small children at home, uh, 
you know, rent to pay, things to worry about. I was in debt. And what was I going to do? And I called up a friend. Uh, I called up two friends. The first I called and said, you've been, I want to get uh, some help because I know you've been down this road before. And his answer was, the only road I've ever been down is one I plowed myself. <laughs> uh, we became really good friends, and 10 years later, he, re- he refused to accept that he'd ever said that. Uh, I take it as some kind of, I don't know, divine revelation to me or whatever. I distinctly remember that man telling me the only road i ever been down is one I plowed myself, and I took that as, as uh, it was okay for me to go and make my own way and do what I want. I then called up a friend that I had worked with that had become a, an entrepreneur, and, uh, you know, been quite successful for the last couple of years. And he says, Warren, I always know you'd be an entrepreneur. I always know you're going to do great things. I'm glad you're finally getting around to it. And that is, that is all of the motivation it took for me to say, I'm never going to work for anybody again. I'm going to go out and, and you know, find my own way and do what I can. Um, I'd like to say that anybody who wants to take that, that route to become an entrepreneur, to take control of their life, to, um, to, that you know, have a good plan, get it implemented, and then give notice so you're not your family's not starving. But you know what? I keep hearing stories over and over and over again that the most successful people didn't do it that way. In my own case, it took getting fired three times before I <laughs> came to my senses and, and decided decided that that wasn't for me. Um, it wasn't that I wasn't doing a good job. I was always in commission sales and always did a good job selling. I didn't get along with the with the corporate structure. Today I'm mature enough to see what I was doing wrong, and I could say I could get along with those people today. But you know, 25 years ago, um, I didn't see that. And and but what I did see was that that wasn't the road for me. And uh, you know, it's, quite often we see a lot of people try out some kind of a business and then go back to working for somebody. And if mm-hmm. I can do anything to help other people find out that you don't have to, you know, sit in a cubicle and wait to die, uh, I'm, I do whatever I can to promote that. I, I really believe that if you can tell the difference between work and play, you're not doing one of them right. You shouldn't be able to tell the difference between work and play. Um, you know, am, am I working now or playing? Boy, I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I and I want everybody to be able to live like that. So um, that's why I reach out and help wherever I can to spread this message that, um, you know, life is meant to have joy, um, to, to be engaged with whatever you find to be the most profitable. And I'm not talking about what makes the most money, but the most profitable and, and feeling the most joy and bliss in what you're doing. Um, and if that's making a lot of money, more power to you. If it's not making enough, a, a lot of money, go out and do it well and use the marketing approach to life. Um, and I take that based on every, every major religion and philosophy teaches something like this. I learned it from the Bible of, you know, treat others as you want to be treated. But, uh, and I really crystallized it and, and started calling it my marketing plan for life and some sales training I got in, in the 70s from a, a man named Zig Ziglar great sales trainer uh, who I'm actually speaking on the same stage as him here in a couple of months, um, and uh, we're very excited about that because uh, he was talking about selling pots and pans door-to-door, and one of his motivational things was that he said was, 
You can get anything you want out of life if you help enough other people get what they want. And uh, I'm sure he's not the only person to ever say that. And and uh, I, I've said it so often, I sometimes don't attribute it to him anymore, but that's where I got it. And, uh, you know, like I say, it's the same as the Bible or other ancient teachings and philosophies, and it just makes good sense. Here's what I found out since then is it's extremely good marketing, too. When you do a favor for somebody, they have a built-in feeling that they want to return the favor to you. It's just a basic human nature. We've all been taught that way. It's better to give than receive. It's actually a lot more fun to give than receive. Um, and you know, you should be looking at uh, you should be uh, the you should be looking at planting seeds and expecting harvest later, not just going out and trying to get the harvest. Even when I talk to you about things like when you're building your audience, you're not building your audience for this concert. You're building audience for the, you know, three concerts from now. Um, you're always looking in terms of what what's going to come later and how you can put off your own self-interest to help other people get what they want because then it's going to come back to you. We call that the law of reciprocity, and they've done a lot of studies on this uh, that, you know, it just it makes really good marketing. It's why when you go someplace and they offer you a free drink, free soda, coffee, water, whatever, you're more inclined to buy from somebody that does that. That's why free samples work. You get a sample, you like it, you want more. Um, and, you know, and, and you think about personally, if somebody sends you a holiday card, you're going to add them to your list to send one back to. And hopefully, you know, you get that Christmas card the first week of December, you still got time to send them one. Um, you know, and <laughs> we naturally want to reciprocate and take care of the people that took care of us. Um, so in marketing, uh, uh, one of the greatest um, – Studiers of how this works is a guy named Robert Cialdini, C-A-I-L-D-N-D-I-N-I. Uh, he wrote a book called Influence, the Psychology of Persuasion. And that's the first lie he talks about is the law of reciprocity. I, I, if you're really into uh, persuading other people, get that book, read it, and study it. You'll find out more about it at yes50book.com, yes50book.com. There's a book about 50 ways to be more persuasive that I helped him promote a couple of years ago. There's a lot of free information at yes50book.com. Okay. Well, you gave us some really helpful information, and I'm so happy that you came by to um, join us and tell us that. And I hope to have you back on the show again, uh, especially on the other radio show, because that is going to help a lot of people in the Philadelphia area uh, understand how they can self-promote. And it looks like it's working for you very well, and uh, well, you're doing a lot of speaking engagements. Do you want to promote something that you're doing, um, the one that you talked about, or something that's more current? Oh, that's in Orlando at the end of April that I'm speaking with Zig Ziglar, and there's something happening here in Vegas at the end of the month, nothing coming up between then. Do come and listen to my show. It's Blog Talk Radio slash Warren, or, um, or Twistcast Radio will get you there directly, twistcastradio.com. And of course, tweet me. Let's let's have a conversation. Oh, absolutely! It's now, been a pleasure being a guest. I I want to thank you again, and I hope that you're not cramped up in the car and that you did get to eat today. <laughs> oh, I'm doing just fine. 
<laughs> and then um, you make it to your appointment. We don't want to hold you up any longer. And thank you so much. It uh, doesn't look like the audience has any questions, but I have been listing your links so that they can tweet you and they can also, um, you know, send you some information or look at your website. And thanks again for that little uh, beta business card um, two thing that you have on there too. I really like that. I actually just signed up. So now you're really networking a whole lot of stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot. Goodbye. Bye bye. Thank you so much, audience, for coming and joining us with Ms. Tamara Whitlock. And I hope that you're able to get that information um, that I put in the chat room and any information that he gave to help you with promoting any of your events or activities. I think he gave us some great information. And if you like, I'm going to play some music um, to end the show that I gave us a little bit more time because Warren was on a roll. So I'm going to go ahead and play some music. And, um, you know, thank you all for coming. And uh, if anybody wants to promote anything that they're doing right now, please put that in the chat room. And I will save those links and add them onto my website at uh, com. I advise all of you to visit my site and join and set up a profile because uh, all of my radio uh, listeners will be coming to that site to listen to the streamed radio show that I'll be doing, as well as all my blog talk shows. And they will also be looking at the featured guests which would include music artists or speakers or businesses that are here to promote. So if you would like to be a guest on the show as well and you'd like me to help you promote anything, please email me at mzndradio at gmail.com and also put that in uh, the chat room because I'm all about promotion and helping people get the word out. There's never any cost for me to have my my fellow radio hosts promote anything. A lot of people I know of are actually charging, so I, I don't think that's right. But um, this format is really open for everybody, so I think that you guys are wonderful, and I, I'm happy to help you promote. So um, now that would be anything that you're doing. I mean, activities, if you're writing a book, if you have your own show, if you have artists that you want to get promoted, because I'm actually going to be going to California next week uh, to an uh, invite-only music conference where uh, artists are welcome to come and perform or just submit their music to very key uh, music industry professionals and executives that will be there. Uh, just to mention a couple, of Jamie Foxx's label will be there and Neil's label will be there. Now, this event um, you can only go to by uh, personal invite, so please uh, Email me for that further information. It costs $75 to submit a song and $125 to perform on the stage in front of uh, those executives. And you get a 15% discount if you mention MZN Indie Radio. Also, that event will also be repeating itself in the Philadelphia area, which I will be hosting and also uh, will be promoting it on the radio show. So uh, I will actually have a, a contest going on for uh, local talent or whoever wants to participate uh, that will be able to get 
uh, us to pay for their submissions or their performance uh, for the executive. So if you know anybody in the Philadelphia area that's looking to get signed or just connected with the industry, uh, just send me their information. Uh, we'll add them to the, the playlist. We'll also add them to the promotional list, and we'll make sure that they get uh, connected with those people. I also have a fellow associate that evaluates uh, artists, uh, APKs, which is an electronic uh, promotional kit. Um, he evaluates them to see if there's anything else they need to do in order to be accepted by the the music label. And the label that he's associated with, because his company is a division of that, is Universal Records. However, he does have a connection with the A&R people with Atlantic, Virgin, and many other labels. So um, if it doesn't work for Universal, it'll work anywhere else. So please uh, send me any information you have, and I will connect you with that person as well as anybody else that I'm connecting with. And um, get let's get this show on the road. And let's go ahead and play some music. And thank you so much for popping in and visiting me. Don't forget, later on, I'm doing a show with uh, an artist named Calcutta from Chicago, another artist named JL from Chicago, and another artist, Black Gaddafi, also from Chicago. That show starts at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. I got obscene amounts spread out between my foreign and domestic accounts. It's a four days, four counts, and H&R block to sort the madness out. Even my unborn seeds got CDs and high-yield accounts, so their money accrues before they even are conceived. I conceive. No more shares for me in Fortune 500 companies. Get President Obama on the phone. I want shares in this country. They say money don't grow on trees. But I planted the financial seeds and watered it With investments in money markets with grade APs That tell you a percentage For those that didn't know or didn't get it The financial plan I made, I won't deviate Yes, the finer things in life I do appreciate But I'll be damned if I invest in space And it's something that'll depreciate By the day I'm straight Big business is not defined by the business you are in Big business is defined by the price tag on the end. And if you brokered that deal, the commission that you get, you see to it that you never have to work again. again. 401ks and IRAs are great starting places you can put into them now and save. I'm running out of tax breaks. From rapping got me headed toward a new tax bracket 49.3% gone in taxes Yeah, that's about half of it But look on the bright side of it My tax attorney's trying to make me tax exempt Through this new business that I started Using the biggest loophole of all of them By making Uncle Sam a part Big money talk It's amazing What to do with the money once you've made it
I was a mall hopper, number jotter, kept a pencil and paper in my guest jean pocket. I'm sorry, mama, was too focused on being a bra popper, to buckle down and be a scholar. The pipe game made them holler bra problems. I was in and out them, now I got stalkers. Calling the crib, threatening the key cards up. Now I gotta send roses as a peace offering. I'm just a player, playing on their heartstrings like John Mayer. No, it's not fair. Come over, baby, let me do you a favor. After I'm finished, I won't call you later. Let me tell you in advance that you missed the chance if you was ever trying to shut me down. Cause you just can't stop me now. Cause I saw daybreak, eight deuce tray, AM, a June baby. Yeah, do it make sense, baby? A Gemini, yeah, girl, I fuck like a two of me. Nah, baby girl, you ain't crazy. Every time that I touched this, this world was a three way. Menage et trois and foreign cars on FBRs and maybe on the 405 freeway. Pick a coast, pick a state, pick a place that we can chop it up, maybe fuck, maybe grub. I'ma tell you up front, I ain't the one you wanna cuff. I'll probably be gone by the time that you get up. Let me tell you in advance that you missed the chance if you was ever trying to shut me down. Cause you just can't stop me now. Cause Me one thing, taught me to hold on to my love. 
I was going to sign and see if I could schedule an appointment for Wednesday to go to, um, um, yeah, and get a blue portrait and, like, get a new picture and everything. <laughs> and just to have that makeup on, because you know I was just, I was be sitting straight up so they make us all get messed up when I leave the next day. Because I had this shit on for three days when I got up. <laughs> Yep, I had it on for three days. That was, I mean, I was feeling gorgeous wearing that shit because he had me hooked up. Yep. <laughs> that was funny because I couldn't believe it lasted that long. I was like, man, this is some cool behind stuff, man. Yeah, what well, I wish I had. Right, I said, girl, can you come home with me? Do my face every day? <laughs> she gave me a phone number. She was like, call me when you need something done. And I was like, you never, I will. When I blow up, I want to certainly have you hook me up, girl. I'm, I'm talking about this. In Jersey. I, I really want to do a family picture, and um, this is cost like
because it's really a, a, it's not like a public event, it's like a private mention event. So um, hopefully we'll be able to get her behind up in there. I know, because I, I don't know who I can meet out there when I go out there. And she knows some people that are already over there. And, you know, they probably never expected her to go over there, but who knows? They might even be able to get her to do a show or something. That'd be nice. As long as we can get there safely, because we're going to be in a cab. We get there safely. We'll be in a cab. I ain't driving nowhere. I'll get lost up in Crickville. <laughs> I ain't get lost with nobody Cripville. I'm not going to the Crip location. Anything that's beyond ten miles from the from my hotel, I'm not going. I'm not missing it. 
I gotta go shopping because I don't have no clothes. All I had was my work clothes from um, Bank of America, which is like spandex. <laughs> yeah, because I wasn't going nowhere with a job, but I had the same clothes the whole three years I was working there. I ain't getting nothing new. Well, all my pants are shrunk, but um, uh, I, I'm not going to even. Where, I'm throwing this shit in the trash anyway. <laughs> Oh, if it's still in good shape, I give it to Goodwill because I want to own new wardrobe and I can get it. I can find something cheap. I, I don't want to spend a lot of money, but I got to buy a couple of outfits that are nice because I'm going to be going to stuff. Um, it's a, a fashion show that I want to go to at the end of the month. And uh, hopefully the tickets are still. But it's all the way out with America. Where the hell is American Street? Yeah. Is that near you? Is that on downtown? I could have swore it was down there by Lehigh Avenue. Because it's like factories and stuff over there. It's like the whole strip. Because I remember me and Benny was driving down the street to go to his house. And he's definitely going to admire the night for Cambridge. And, like, I missed a couple of stop signs because it's fucking dark as shit out there, and I couldn't even see the stop sign. I hope it's uh, so far as we're safer because I'd be dead if I be... Oh, I ain't going. I ain't going nowhere without no cars. Two one. Two one. Can't get in, can't you? Locked out, huh? You got pay? Watch out. Oh, 
One time he's on punishment, he'll play little toys. He had a clothes pin in his room, and he was playing with it. He had nothing else, and he learned how to have a big imagination. Here, one. That's all. Yep, he had one clothes pin. If he needed more people, he would use his fingers. <laughs>
I'm not saying you stop doing that. No. You're going to make me mad. No.
Thank you. 